This is your Woo Woo Best Friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hello, it's Andy. Welcome back to your Woo Woo Best Friend. We have another interview for you today. We are welcoming Amanda Kuda to the show. Amanda is an alcohol-free lifestyle expert and coach helping ambitious, soul-centered women stop drinking and start manifesting the life they desire and deserve. Amanda's very first book, I love celebrating new books coming out into the world, is called Unbottled Potential, Break Up with Alcohol and Break Through to Your Best Life. It's just hit the shelves as of this month, and I'm so looking forward to bringing this conversation to you. I personally am at about five years into my alcohol-free journey, and I remember when I was making that decision all those many years ago, it really felt quite taboo, isn't it? interesting that it's like more taboo to not be drinking socially than to say, hey, for the sake of my future and my potential and ultimately my wellness, I am not going to be drinking. And people think that's so weird. I know it's changed so much from that time to now. And Amanda's going to share all sorts of really good ideas with us about how to create this sort of lifestyle for yourself. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you the doors to the Unschool Intuitive Biz Academy are still open. This is your comprehensive bundle for manifesting your intuitive business dreams. We are enrolling students all the way through this month and November and December are really great times to dedicate to yourself, to your future, to your business. This bundle, there's two tracks of programming inside of the Unschool. You have how to start, and it's all about building an obsession-worthy brand of your own. And then we have Manifestation Blueprint. So this is really the secret to manifesting a business that supports your highest calling by leaning deeply into your intuition. This is about designing an influential brand that attracts dream clients in your sleep. And there's so much strategy inside the Unschool, how to get your next 1,000 Instagram followers. Over on my page, Wee Wee Girl, I'm using this exact strategy that I'm teaching inside the Unschool. And in the last two weeks, my page has grown by 5,000 followers. You may even be a new listener because you're new to my Instagram. So we're talking all about social, all about building a profit plan without having to hire a CFO, how to use AI to create sales pages and content plans to work more efficiently and have more time for things you love and less time on the phone, how to attune to a manifestation practice that actually works, how to heal and release your subconscious limiting beliefs so you can get this brand off the ground, your business off the ground, and how to create empowering goals that stretch your imagination so that you can truly do anything that you set your mind to. You can register at weewestudio.com and I have the link in the show notes. I also want to mention we still have just a few spaces in our Mallorca, Spain retreat for the spring. We're going over the spring equinox. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be just relax, refresh, hang out with cool women sort of vibes. So I'm leaving that link in the show notes too. With that, let's get into the episode, shall we? Welcome to the show, Amanda Kuda. Hey, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you. This is, to be honest, one of my my favorite topics to 
talk about your expertise. And I haven't had an opportunity to have this conversation in quite a while. I think I did a solo episode like in season one about my own journey with alcohol and sober curiousness and then what that led to. But I haven't really had anyone like you who has this um, experience with this also, but also an expertise and now a book coming out as well about this topic. So I'm so, I'm so, I'm so jazzed. Me too. I love also just talking about sobriety from a more spiritual and metaphysical perspective. So these are my favorite conversations. So this should be a good one today. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you, how you landed where you are in this moment here today on this podcast. Yes. Well, it was an accident that was all on purpose. I think I, you know, I started during my Saturn return, I started as we do, everything got shaken up and I really just started having this spiritual awakening and it was just stars aligning to where I had a mentor fall into my lap and that mentor guided me down a path that led me down a rabbit hole. So I was finding all these new spiritual teachers that really resonated with me. And I grew up in the Bible belt where it was very much like hellfire and brimstone Christianity. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> so I had never resonated with that. And all of a sudden I was turned on to this new ability to have a spiritual relationship of your own understanding and creation. And something just really opened up for me. And so I really resonated with these spiritual messages I was hearing from Dr. Wayne Dyer, Gabrielle Bernstein, Marianne Williamson, Rebecca Campbell, you know, all of these people who were kind of the who's who of the spiritual space. And at the same time, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, living what I like to call the Carrie Bradshaw lifestyle. I was young, you know, wanting to be like hip, fun, cool, popular. And for me, that meant going out and partying and being in the quote, see and be seen crowd on the weekends. And so I had started to evolve into this lifestyle where I was being very mindful on the weekdays and then very mindless on the weekend. And my sweet, young, naive mind thought, oh, that I can make that work. That's called, that's balance, right? And what I failed to realize is that it wasn't really balance. It was just canceling one another out. So all of the spiritual stuff I was doing was negated on the weekend. And not that alcohol and drinking is bad or wrong or evil. It's just, you know, we'll get into this. But from an energetic perspective, it really knocks you down a few levels, knocks you down in frequency. And... I, you know, I just had this, kept having this frustrating experience where I felt like I was on a spiritual treadmill, like making moves, but not getting anywhere, you know, geographically. And I finally just decided after a lot of hemming and hawing and back and forth and fear, you know, mongering in my own head that alcohol had to go. And, you know, there's so much more to this story, but it was really part of my spiritual awakening that I wanted to live this life. And I kept sensing so deeply that alcohol was getting in the way and interfering with it. And you know what? All I can say is I was right because now I'm living the life that I dreamed of and I wish I wouldn't have been so stubborn to try and like make it all work together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like you and I are like the same person. I, <laughs> my, my, my story was very much the same. It was, I was very much career climbing and moving up the corporate ladder and doing it really quickly. And I was also Carrie Bradshawing and like getting all the great shoes and like my Cosmos, you know, for yes. my after work drinks and, and then really like, I, it was, it was interesting. I, in let's see, like 2011, I was living in New Orleans and Mm -hmm. I was running a fashion incubator 
And I was named to the top 10 party goer list in New Orleans. So if you can imagine like Uh the level of like partying that goes on in a city like New Orleans, like the other people on that list were like the quarterback of the NFL team and like the okay you, know, you were head doing of, it I was like really doing it <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily that I was like out and drunk every night but I was on the scene in like mm-hmm. a major way and a part mm-hmm. of that was I was running a fashion incubator and I needed to like be on the scene we were doing a lot of events and things of that sort and that just meant like for me it was like champagne every night it was like yeah. you know and then one glass became like four or five, sometimes six glasses of champagne. And that was like just my lifestyle. Yes. And I certainly never was like, this is a problem. But as mm-hmm. I was starting to evolve, at, just as you're talking about and starting to experience some of my own personal transformation, I was like, dude, this ain't it. Like, this is just not it. And I could certainly see that from a, from a, from a kind of higher vibration perspective, having hangovers three or four days out of the week or just not feeling my best because of what I was consuming at night was not going to help me to continue to evolve. And it sounds like that was very much some of the experience that you were having too. Oh, absolutely. Just feeling, you know, wanting and longing and yearning for something, yearning for this thing that all of my teachers were talking about. And like, knowing it was possible, but not being able to grasp it and starting to feeling, you know, I started to feel really frustrated. Like I was doing something wrong or I was like, you know, cosmically shunned or something. And that wasn't it. I was just my own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the relationship between alcohol and our ability to manifest? And I ask you this question because I was doing a dive through your Instagram And there was a post that you shared and it said basically that when you get out of your own way, miracles can happen really fast. And then you talk about when you stopped drinking, things really started to change. Your dreams became more clear. It's not necessarily like you don't say in this post, I became a better manifester because I all of a sudden was more magnetic, but it's like you got super clear. And I'm assuming for you what then happened was as you got clear, your magnetism like opened wide up. So like, tell me a little bit about that experience of finding yourself becoming more magnetic, magnetic and a better manifester when you released alcohol. Yeah. Bingo. You nailed it, Andy. This is my favorite question to answer because it's like my most outrageous and also amazing finding in being alcohol free. And I actually used to run a program called stop drinking, start manifesting because Mm -hmm. I found it to be such a profound way to increase your magnetism. So the first thing that you mentioned is clarity that, you know, for you and me both, like we were on this track where we thought we knew what we wanted to want, but we were wanting what someone else told us to want. So my clarity in terms of what my dreams were was so clouded as a drinker that I might've been able to manifest what my quote dreams were, but those weren't really my dreams. So I was calling in the wrong things. I was wanting for not the wrong things, but not my soul's desire. Right. And so it's always going to be more difficult to manifest something if it's like, wanted on a superficial level that's not really connected to who you are meant to be, who you're designed to be. And I wasn't able to get that clarity until I stopped drinking. But for a bigger energetic magnetism, you know, focus, I always 
describe it as, you know, your dreams are up on the mountaintop, right? They are, your dreams are high vibe. They are high vibrational things. Of course they are, else you wouldn't want them. They are things that are wonderful and big and and amazing. And unfortunately, everything that you, well, actually fortunately and unfortunately, everything in this world has an energetic frequency, has an energetic vibration. And so every decision you make is an energetic investment. And when you invest your time in something that is low frequency, which alcohol is, it's a depressant. It literally depresses your central nervous system. So even if you're drinking it for a celebratory reason, you're still it still is having the same effects on you internally. So it is lowering your energetic vibration. But beyond that, I found that I was drinking also because my own level of confidence in myself wasn't that great. I was going out and having a cocktail because I thought I needed it to be fun, flirtatious, Carrie Bradshaw Shaw socialite. And so my energetic vibration was already depleted because I was sending myself this like kind of self-destructive message. So when I took alcohol out of the picture or when anyone takes alcohol out of the picture, automatically that energetic vibration is going to raise. And if you also do the self-worth work that many people do when they're coming to this process of awakening and self-growth, you're also going to align even further with that higher vibration. And so you're raising your vibration. You are going to, at some point, become an energetic match for the things that you're desiring. And they are just going to, those things have been wanting you. You've just been keeping yourself like tethered to some, they're tethered away from them or kept yourself away from them. And so once I had the experience that I removed alcohol, it was like my dreams started flooding in at rapid fire rate. And it was magnificent. And let me tell you, I, you know, I don't have any specific advantage. I come from a single parent, you know, low income family. I don't have any like familial hookups or anything like that. All of these things that I used to work for and fight for so hard just started like pouring into my life. And this has been the experiences of my clients and many of the people I've talked to. And I'm interested to know if that's your experience too. Oh yeah. I mean, 1000%. It's, Mm -hmm. and it's exactly, it's exactly that. It's that I was living a life that looked really damn good from the outside. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I wasn't like finding that things weren't good. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I have, I have friendships that I don't know if the depth of my friendships were I know for sure they weren't what they are now, but Mm -hmm. I certainly wasn't like, oh, you're a bunch of shallow assholes. I wasn't feeling that way. My relationship, my dating relationships were not great. Mm -hmm. And that certainly pivoted. But I, you know, I was, I was doing okay. I was doing fine. And I had a big awareness around the time that I was starting to really notice that alcohol was maybe not the friend that I needed. Mm -hmm. I started to have this awareness that I am not clear on what is really for me and what my next, what my next evolution will be. And it was around the time that I was leaving a corporate job. I was running that fashion incubator. I was getting ready to close that. I was about to leave my corporate job. I was actually moving out of the country. I was doing like a lot of like big, big Mm -hmm. life transformation things. I was ending a relationship so I was like having, I was having the awareness that those things had to go in order for me to make the next steps towards whatever my highest purpose would be. But I certainly wasn't clear on what that highest purpose was. And I think I was a pretty good manifester, like a very abstract manifester where I could mm-hmm. see like, this is what it would feel like if I was living 
in a more aligned way, but I didn't necessarily have like the list of like, what are those things going to be that I'm doing? So I was having that awareness, but I certainly did not have the clarity until I started to release alcohol from my life and started to open things up in a new way. And then dreams like you, like exactly like you said, my dreams started flooding in and I started having these ideas about what could, what could be possible for me. And one of those things was manifesting my relationship with the person who's now my husband. He and I, when we met, I would never have even considered that someone like him was like in, in the realm for me until I started to have that conversation with myself that, Hey, there's some things going on here in my life that I'm making a regular practice, like drinking that will need to go for me to take it to the next level. And that that relationship with him was one of those things. Um, moving to LA and, and growing my business was, you know, another one of those things. So yeah, just completely echoing exactly what you said in my yeah. realm. Yeah, too. it's just so cool too. And it's not that you can't, I, I want to be clear too, it's not that you can't manifest as a drinker. You obviously sure. experienced that you were magnetic. Yeah. I was manifesting things just as I became a more spiritual and conscious-ish person. But yeah. it it started to feel almost formulaic after yeah. I got alcohol out of the way. And from that perspective, you know, I could have posited, like, I wonder if it's drink less, manifest more, or if it's stop drinking, start manifesting. And something told me that just the way alcohol worked, that it just didn't have a place in my life if I wanted to live this fruitful, abundant, authentic, magnetic, expansive life. And, you know, I had never intended to stop drinking fully. I thought I was just going to learn, teach myself to moderate. But after I realized like how good my life was, how congruent and like, and like alive it felt. I'm just like, forget that noise. We don't need that anymore. Like I'm going to figure out how to do this by myself. And it didn't, it felt like powerful. And I think that feels pretty cool. And if you would have, if you would time travel back and ask 10 years ago, Amanda, if that would ever happen, she would laugh at you and think, well, that's silly. No, I'd be such a loser. But my life is so much more spiritually aligned, more, everything aligned, my professional life, my romantic life. I haven't met my partner yet. Well, I don't think so, but (laughs) if if I have, we're not together. And I, but I know, I know that person is there and I know the exact people that I, that I need are going to line up in due timing. And I like, I trust that so deeply too. And it's so much easier to be patient now that I have that in my heart as well. And I, I just think that's so cool because I wasn't patient before. I was the one who, you know, when you're in that hustle and grind culture, you are like pushing to make your dreams yeah. happen. And not that I'm not working hard, I'm still working, but it just feels like it's just yeah. happening, right? Do you feel that yeah. way too? 1000%. Yeah. Yes. It feels now I feel like I get to celebrate living a slow life and mm-hmm. I am, I am you know, and, and if we were to look at like marks of success, like from a business perspective, my business is doing, you know, three, four, five times what it was doing, you know, three, four, five years ago, my relationships are so much stronger. My home, my family connection is so much stronger. Definitely. My spiritual relationship is so much better. And, um, you know, that, that feels, that feels awesome. Yes. It feels so good. There's, it's just, it's not worth it to look back and try to integrate something into my life that clearly wasn't working. If even just a little bit for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I was very much like you in the fact that 
I did not have a moment that was like, okay, rock bottom here. I mean, I had a night that I was like, Ooh, I need to take, a, I need to take a little break. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I had, I had that night and I was very much like, I need to take a break. I was supposed to, I had gone, it was the day drinking. It was actually, I had that day. It was a day mm-hmm. drinking experience where I was like at a, at a birthday party drinking rosé. I was supposed to have dinner with a girlfriend that night. And I was like, I drank I knew I I had drank way too much to go have dinner with my girlfriend. And that felt terrible. I was like, okay, I'm like having to ditch my girlfriend because I drank too much rosé during the day. So I had that that experience happen. And I talked to my husband the next morning, not that night, because I was too drunk to have the conversation that night. And I was like, look, I got to like, I, we were, he and I were living together then. We were not married yet. And I was like, I got to like, I got to take a month, I think. Like mm-hmm. that, that felt that feels terrible that I just canceled on a girlfriend that I really love. And he was like, honestly, at the end of the night or at the end of the day party, you were a little, he's like, I would say you, you would have been embarrassed of like how, how you were at the end of the party. And I was like, okay, like, what was I doing? So I was like having this awareness that I didn't quite remember what he was remembering. So I was Mm -hmm. like having that, like, Ooh, this is not great, but it wasn't like, rock bottom, rock bottom where like shit had hit the fan and I like drove my car into a ditch or something. Right. Like, you know, that, that would, it was, it was, I was still very socially, what I was doing was very socially accepted cool. by like mm-hmm. everybody that I was around. It was like, yeah. Oh girl, no big deal. I know how it is. You drink too much rosé, go home, you know, sleep it off. See, talk to you soon. Um, so I had made a commitment that I was going to take a month and mm-hmm. Of course, by the end of that month, and that month was really hard. It really yeah. was hard. I had I was going to a festival that month. I had a wedding to go to. I was going to this big fashion event that, that month. So there was all these experiences that normally would have been very alcohol-fueled. And I started to have this, this awareness that my confidence was not my own, that it was completely, I was drinking to gain confidence in those situations. And that was a big shift I needed to make was you need to be able to walk into any situation and find embody confidence because you truly have that in yourself, that you truly believe in who you are and what you're doing in these environments, wherever you might be not. And that can't come from alcohol. So I was like working through that, that month. But at the end of that month, I was like, oh, I got this. And I Mm -hmm. actually don't think I need to I don't need to go back and, and like drink this next month. So then, then I made the commitment that I would, that was in August, um, of 2018. And then I made the commitment that I wouldn't drink again until the end of the year. I was like, what would it be like if I just like go through the end of the year and Mm -hmm. I don't drink again until the holidays, because surely by the holidays, I'll want to have drinks by then. (laughs) Like I won't want to go into the holidays sober. That won't be any fun. Yeah. We're always like bargaining with ourselves. Like, Oh, this will be a special occasion. So no big deal about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was my thinking. And then by the time I got to the holidays, I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't, you know, I don't see any reason to go back, but I'm wondering about how that went for you and how that goes for the women that you work with, how you get through those first days, weeks, months, et cetera, to get to a place where you really can embrace who you are and make a decision that you're going to move forward without alcohol as part of your life. Yeah. You know, very similar, Andy. I had this night that I had, I stayed out New Year's Eve Eve and I woke up on New Year's Eve, you know, feeling hungover. I start off my book with this story of how I wake up and I'm just like, I can't even go out for New Year's Eve. And I like trudged through the day and night. Yeah. And I just felt like 
shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing dry January. This is, I tried to moderate. I tried to do all of these other things, even though my, my drinking was socially acceptable, absolutely normal. It just didn't feel good for me. And so I started dry January and several of my friends were doing it too. But within like seven, 14 days, they had fallen off the wagon. And I'm like, instead of letting that deter me and be an excuse, I actually looked at that and I was like, screw that. I am sticking with this. Like I got stubborn and I dug my heels in. And so I got to 30 days and extended it to 90. And in that 90 day period, a couple of things happened. I had, you know, I started dating again. So I had some sober first dates that I got under my, under my belt. Wait, that, well, that, that, they didn't get under my belt. Let's just clarify, clarify that. They didn't get anywhere near my belt. <laughs> they, that was the wrong euphemism to use. But, you know, I went on a couple of sober first dates, which was very significant because I had been a late bloomer in the dating area. And so all of my dating sexual romantic experiences had been after I started drinking. So that took a lot of guts for me. Sure. Um, I went on a sober, uh, all-inclusive sober vacation, which was tremendously a mind fuck. And then I went to a sober or a wedding where I was sober. And so I started to check off all these boxes of like, whoa, I'm like getting over these milestones that everyone is afraid of. I had my birthday and all of it was fine. And then I think the most profound thing that happened and guess what? Everyone's not going to have this, but I think that it was really special for me. And I think that maybe everyone else needs to hear it because I also believe that it's true for most people. I was in the shower and I'm I'm a very intuitive person, but I didn't really know it until I stopped drinking. And I'm in the shower, just like suds in my hair, and I get this download, and it is this very clear voice that says, Amanda, I see you doing big things in this world, but I can't see you doing them with alcohol in the picture. And I I felt like a whoosh of energy through my body, like I'd been punched in the gut, and I kneel down on the shower floor because it was so overwhelming and felt so powerful and true that I just kind of said in that moment, like, okay, then like, let's do this. And I still was hesitant. I still had doubts, but I went then six months a year and very similar to your experience. I just got to the end and I was still holding on to this, you know, this message that I'd received. And I just, I didn't know what it meant, what big things it were, (laughs) but I was like, I believe it. And I'm just going to keep going. And And I've never turned back from that point. There's never been a moment that I'm like, I need alcohol. And I used to truly believe that. I truly believe that I needed it and I deserved it. For sure. And it was was a part, it was something I had to do. And now I'm just like, wow, no, I can't believe I bought into that story because my life is so much better on every level without it. If someone's listening and they're feeling like, yep, that's been my story too. It certainly was mine also Mm -hmm. where there was very much like, there's no way that I could ever be a person who's not drinking alcohol. I'm, I remember reading an article and I've talked about this before on the show with, um, it was, it was a feature on Jennifer Lopez and mm-hmm. it was a conversation with her about her, how she, how she looks so great. You know, the things people love to ask Jennifer Lopez. And uh-huh. she said her, for her number one tip was don't drink alcohol. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, well, okay, what's our number two tip? And yeah, three, five, because I'm not going to do number one. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I very much remember having that thought, like, how does one do that? And that just feels crazy. So if someone's listening and they're like, that's been me, but I'm starting to maybe get like expanded a little bit into the idea that maybe I could give this a try. What, what would you share with them to help them to start taking those first steps? Yeah, I think... 
you know, one of the things I would share is curiosity is placed on your heart for a reason and you owe it to yourself to explore it. And you will always be curious and being curious is the worst thing to always wonder like what could be or what could have been if I would have just given this a go. And you're not you will never regret, I promise you, not drinking. You will never regret because you're actually missing out on more when you drink than you do when you're sober because you you truly just dilute so many experiences and so many pieces of yourself and your own authenticity as well. Um, and then the final piece would be that you don't need to have a problem with alcohol or identify as someone who is on the addictive spectrum or any of those things to change your relationship with alcohol and decide to quit drinking. And I think this is a new thing that we're in a really yummy space right now where it's becoming more permissible to just not drink. And yet there's still, it's still really hard to make that decision. It's still really brave. And if you make a brave decision like this, even just to give it a try for, for 60 or 90 days, I think definitely follow in Andy and I's, you know, footsteps and go beyond 30 because the magic doesn't really start happening until you get a little bit of a distance. So I just think that if you're curious at all, you owe it to yourself to explore that curiosity so that you're not left, you know, five years, 10 years, a lifetime down the road, wondering what could have been, what would have been possible in my life if I wouldn't have had this thing, you know, kind of hovering over me. And I don't know who's listening right now, but I know it's pretty great. Whatever it is that awaits you is, is instrumentally better than what you are experiencing now. Even if you're like Andy and I, and your life is pretty good, you're checking the boxes, you've got the picket fence, the American dream, whatever else it is. I think that there's something better for you. Yeah. Cosign on that for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think both you and I feel this way, like being tuned in from a spiritual perspective and mm-hmm. like tuning into the intuition, t- tuning into that cosmic wisdom, tuning into self, turn- tuning into your manifestation potential. You get that when you get on the other side of alcohol in like such a great way. And while, you know, I would s- I still say probably my number one reason for continuing on this on this like no alcohol lifestyle plan is what JLo said. I'm like, Hey, I'm getting older and I'm still looking pretty good. I think uh-huh. Not drinking has got something to do with it. So I have that vanity to me. I'm a Leo son. So just like, you know, I know that that's uh-huh. one of my biggest motivators, but number two, maybe right, right behind that is just knowing how tuned in I am on on this spiritual level. And that, if, if that would motivate you, and I know we've got a lot of woo woo besties listening, Mm -hmm. if that motivates you, give it, give it a go. Yes. Uh, amen. I, I absolutely get behind that. Like, it's just, it's, there's so many things waiting for you that you couldn't even, I think the dreams that you have now are small in comparison to what you are capable of. You, if you give yourself a full, like runway that you can explore life on. And there's in my mind, no faster way to do that than if you are, if alcohol is the crutch that you lean on then to get rid of that. And, you know, it, maybe you have a different crutch. I'm not an expert in all of those things, but maybe it's marijuana or scrolling or food or something else. There, there, there's so much more available to you once you stop leaning on the thing that is actually holding you back. Okay, Amanda, before we wrap up, tell me about the book. Tell me about the book. By the time this episode is airing, so as we are listening here in this moment, the book has is on shelves. So tell me about the book. 
Yes, well, the book is called Unbottled Potential, Break Up with Alcohol and Breakthrough to Your Best Life. And it's a book for anyone who is a little curious about what life might be like without alcohol in the picture. It's there to remind you of all the sneaky little ways that alcohol has infiltrated your life and held you back. And then to offer you some encouragement and tools to kind of catch up where you've let alcohol stunt your growth. And I think that most run-of-the-mill, normal, average drinkers, especially those of you who are on a spiritual path, are going to resonate really deeply with my story and the lessons and the tips that I share in this book. And I'm just really proud to be able to share it with um, everyone because it's the book that I needed, you know, eight or so years ago when I was on this path and could only find things about alcoholism and recovery. And it's it's a much more accessible approach to changing your relationship with alcohol. Absolutely love it. And if someone wants to find you on Instagram or online or all those other places, where shall they go to find you? Yes. Well, I love, love, love to chat on Instagram. So please slide into my DMs. I'm at Amanda Kuda. And that's where I hang out most of the time. You can also find my website, which is amandakuda.com. And that's K-U-D-A. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you and connect. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation and sharing your story and allowing me to share mine with you. It's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Thanks so much to Amanda for joining us today. And thank you for listening. I love having you here every single week. We offer interviews, of course, as you heard today. And I do a lot of solo episodes too. Through the months of November and December, we have a nice mix of interviews and lots of solo episodes coming your way specifically to help you with your holistic business, intuitive business strategy. If you've loved this episode and you can think of one person that this message would be helpful to, please send it over to them. We love when you share our show with people that you love and care about. If you have not yet left us a review, if you could drop down onto the app that you're listening to this show on and leave us five stars if you believe that that's what we're worthy of. And as always, you can tag us at your woo woo BFF on Instagram. We love to say hello to you over there. I'll see you back again next week. It's almost Halloween. Happy spooky season. See you real soon.